You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. Well, we're joined now by Peter Attard Montalto, Head of Capital Markets Research at Intellidex, who we were supposed to have a little earlier, but things change because it's mini-budget day and Peter's very important. So he gets phone calls from uh, important people like the Finance Minister. Peter, what, yeah. was, what was he talking to you about? Oh, I can't say who rang me, but I can say that the key thing I think we need to think about here really is the National Treasury has had a very, very tough time, if you like, to try and put in place a budget when they haven't really been able to do proper underlying expenditure reviews, when there's really a challenge uh, to think about uh, what money goes where to pay for SAA on the one hand, uh, to think about big issues like the efficacy of spending, whether that's in health or education. Uh, so we had a lot of promises of future zero-based budgeting coming forward, but none into this budget. And it gave it a very weird feel overall, uh, in particular about the, uh, the the sort of lack of focus, if you like, on what expenditure was really going where. It was really a mopping up and a sort of uh, dusting around the edges exercise. And as a result, the uh, the deficit profile comes in much weaker as they are forced to abandon the active scenario. And we see the zero-based budgeting will be piloted uh, at the Department of Public Enterprises and Treasury next year, fully integrated into the budget system by 2023. Um, the Active versus passive scenario issue, and we spoke about it earlier in the week. Uh, no one really believed that the active scenario was, was going to be viable, uh, and neither have we gone full passive. He's almost gone somewhere in between the 100% that uh, the Presidential Economic Advisory Council said and uh, what he wanted to do, do at 87, and he's almost gone bang in the middle there, 95%. What does that signal to the market in terms of further slippage and uh, erosion of confidence? So when we were thinking about the preview for the NGBS, we thought maybe Treasury would try and stick to the active scenario by showing some, you know, deeper cuts around the edges to wasteful expenditure, et cetera, to pushing out deeper cuts uh, in terms of uh, the uh, just stopping programs in particular, and they would lay out those details. So whilst it was unlikely we would be able to actually in reality come out with that uh, active scenario, um, it, would, it would at least engender a lot of cuts underneath the surface. But what we've got instead is a sort of hodgepodge of much smaller cuts going on uh, in goods and services, in actual programs. And then really this very large chunk of uh, expenditure coming out from the compensation bill, which I think is, is a very deep, deep challenge. I mean, I think that everyone in theory in, in government is, is interested in showing the wage bill. But the actual politics of this, you know, getting the president, say, to come out in public and say that he backs this kind of wage bill path, I think, is a totally different matter. Uh, and it's going to be very hard to deliver in February. The budget in February, I think, is unlikely to see any resolution of the court case um, uh, on public sector wage bill. It will be an appeal stage by then. Um, it's unlikely that we'll have any conclusion of the uh, next uh, wage bill round for the next fiscal year. Uh, so actually delivering on the credibility of a lot of the promises here in the budget is actually going to be exceedingly difficult. Uh, and I think in that sense, uh, we should uh, we should start to worry already about what really the budget in February can tell us, uh, when, of course, we'll have some negative tax news as well. And the plan to introduce uh, $40 billion in the next four years of, of new taxes, everyone's saying there are no new taxes. Well, they are. I mean, it's not, it's not a lot spread over four years, but there are new taxes, undoubtedly. Uh, very uh, precious little information on ESCOM. Why is that? So on the tax issue, we basically never get tax details after NTBPS, and some of the analyst expectations that they would be, I think, were quite mad. Uh, 
Um, but I think the key point which they did say on tax policy was that there is no real room um, to uh, increase taxes, that it will be basically, they basically exhausted the room for, for further tax policy based revenue increases. And that's, I think, a very important signal um, and pushback against the big civil society push now going on for higher taxes. Territory just doesn't see that uh, as a viable uh, as a viable route. Uh, on ESCOM, I think it's a big disappointment still that we haven't got a, uh, a further detail uh, coming from Treasury on what they'll do with the uh, ESCOM debt pile. Um, Treasury was saying in the uh, press conference afterwards that they um, but basically, it was, it was ESCOM's problem, not their problem, which I think is a very odd sort of line to take. Uh, and I think Treasury sort of trying notionally to hold some sort of line on ESCOM, if you like, uh, that somehow this will, uh, you know, uh, ESCOM have to get all those ducks in a row. But in reality, this debt issue is so complex, we really need to see Treasury uh, actually taking command of it right now. Uh, whereas behind the scenes, I think in reality, the center of gravity on this is, is elsewhere, and in particular, uh, is being pushed forward by uh, Andre the Rates at the moment. Now, lastly, uh, I see here that the Cabinet has decided to extend the, the Social Relief of Distress Grant to the end of January next year, and uh, it's proposing to redirect $6.8 billion from the Public Employment Programme allocation. Is that, Kate uh, Phillip and, uh, and her team's uh, proposal around the Presidential Employment Scheme? Uh, what does that signal to you about the internal dynamics uh, around that scheme? So that was one of the sort of confusing parts of the speech we need to dig into more in the underlying documentation. Um, but yes, it seems that uh, there are there is a slower pace of rollout of, of the presidential employment scheme, uh, which in reality I think is, is, is it makes sense. So it's going to take time to set this scheme up as, as positive as it is. Um, and so I, I think we should focus more on the spending on that in, uh, in, in future years. The, the big other challenge, of course, we have uh, on that point on the grant step-ups is that, uh, coming to the end of January, is that uh, I think there will be a political outcry at that point. The economy recovery will probably have stalled. Europe will be having a second wave into weaker external demand for South Africa. Um, so, yeah, it, it's going to be a very challenging dynamic at that time to end those grants. And I think the wider discussion on the basic income grants uh, at that time um, in, and the gap between the arrival of the employment stimulus and the end of these grants is really going to likely mean that that, that grant is extended yet again into the new fiscal year. Peter Tarpontalto, Head of Capital Markets Research at Intellidex, uh, with your immediate uh, reaction to that medium-term budget policy statement. He'll no doubt uh, be uh, keeping himself busy until the wee hours, producing his exceptional insights and research as he peels away the various layers of, of all the documentation.